Caution. Learning in progress. Welcome back to another episode of Precision Planning's podcast, Smarter Every Season. Here today with me, I am actually off-site at the Pontiac Farm, where we do our Precision Technology Institute. And today with me, I have a gentleman from Ag Infotech. And we're going to go around the room, and I want to introduce you to them, because I'm very pleased to have these guys here with me. So if the audio is a little different here, it's just because we're out of studio. Uh, but let's let's introduce the team here. So Matt, I started the conversation with you Monday. Tell me about yourself and introduce yourself. So Matt Culler, been with Agamatech since 2010. We are a dedicated precision planning dealer, precision dealers, I guess in general, precision ag leader, Trimble, Soil Max, primarily focusing on corn planters, I would say right now, um, but pretty much any aspect of precision, precision agriculture. Uh, we also have a data department, so we do site-specific soil sampling. So really anything that's to deal with precision ag. All right. And with you today, uh, we have Randy Whitson, our Southern Ohio salesman, and Chase Gosser, who's just started covering the Northeast, right. North Central. Sorry. All right. Randy? Hello, my name is Randy Whitson, located in Licking County, Ohio, so just east of Columbus. And I've been with Ag Infotech for two and a half years now, primarily a sales rep with service during in season planting and so on. Very cool. Chase? Uh, yep. Like they said, Chase Gosser. I've been with the company for about a year and a half, two years, but the first portion of that was just part-time when I didn't have class. I was finishing up my degree in agricultural systems management at The Ohio State University in Columbus. Got to work in the shop about a day a week and uh, got to see that side of the company. And then now that I'm hired full-time, that was in about May, I became the salesman for North Central Ohio. So Okay, so we've got some fresh blood on here. Yeah, yep, that's right. <laughs> okay, so Matt, tell me a little bit more about how your organization is structured there. Educate me more about Ag InfoTech. All right, so we have, uh, so we cover most of Ohio, a little bit of Northwest Pennsylvania, and we just started a little, about a year ago in uh, Southwest Indiana. Okay, so that's pretty large territory. How many physical or, or drop point locations are you covering or do you have representation at? So we have one location, all the inventory is housed out of, I would say our salesmen, they pretty much work from home. Okay. So we kind of set up their home location or their home as a location okay. and they work from their trucks, from their home offices. They carry a little bit of inventory. We're not structured yet to where we have actual official locations there, but Definitely something we want to grow into. For right now, everything's housed out of Fredericktown, Ohio. Okay. So we have a um, salesman that's, his territory is northeast Ohio and then northwest PA. He is just across the line or inside the Ohio line, almost to Pennsylvania. So he just covers pretty much a radius, an hour to two hours around his home. And then Chase works out of that north central Ohio area. Randy, we, we consider him mainly southern Ohio, but and he can speak probably a little bit more on the, the counties that he kind of covers. He covers like from our shop south, but obviously we don't try to go out any further than what he can physically cover. So if you get more than two hours away from from home, it's pretty hard to service guys. So that's yeah. how you, you that's, define your territories is mostly by radius, by 
drive time. That's that's right. We'll certainly service people outside of those areas, but um, we're a little more cautious to uh, try to penetrate those markets with just those guys. We're going to continue to add people as as we see that need arise. If there's not representation of another precision ag dealer, that's our goal is to try to continue to fill some of those holes, but trying to just grow. You know, there's such a thing as growing too fast. Okay. Um, and we have grown rapidly in the last two years. We've more than doubled our employee size. Two years in 2019, we had seven employees. Today, I believe we're at 18. So, which when when did we go into the full planner rebuild? Because before it was you guys were just doing the technology side of. That's right. Planners. So, we moved into our current location in July of 2017. Prior to that, we had basically just an office building and some storage for inventory. So everything was done on farm. Okay. Um, so we were. Again, primarily precision ag leader Trimble, but everything was gone to the farm and worked on customers' equipment in the farm shop. We did not get involved in planter rebuilds, so any steel, any openers, parallel arms, any of that kind of stuff we weren't doing. When we moved into our shop, and again, it still wasn't until about 2019 and 2020 into the, the spring of 2020 that began complete planter rebuilds to where we were stripping them down and, and putting on every component that you can put onto a planner so you know we've added uh, uh, martin till and we have have access to some yetter parts and cfc and and pretty much shoop at times if we need local dealers anything we need to rebuild that planner uh, from the ground up so trying to provide that full service rebuild to our customers so what was the growth like to get and this this isn't exactly where i originally intended the conversation to go but this is awesome how did you get to seven what was the how many people started off you said you got to seven by 2019. Employees? Yeah. Uh, so the company started, actually, it was originally founded in, in 2004, previous owner, and it was basically him by himself working off his home farm okay. out of his garage. And he ran it that way till about 2010. That's when I joined his team, and he became Ag Infotech LLC, okay. partnered up with a uh, local co-op, and okay. that's where I came from was the co-op side. So at that point in time, he had hired another employee, and myself and another individual from the co-op came. We had four people in 2010. Okay. Within a couple of years, we hired our first salesperson, and you know, as we grew, we outgrew his garage. Obviously, moved into a in town in Mount Vernon into a facility that had some more office space. Slowly began adding some people that way, somebody to run the office and actually do some of the billing because we were doing all that ourselves. So that was a little bit chaotic back in those days. The company has definitely changed a lot in just a very, very short period of time. Because from 2010 till about 2017, we, were, we maintained about that uh, seven to nine employee size. Okay. So, Walk me through the, the conversations or the decision process for adding that first salesman or successive salesmen since. Because that's... That's an outreach on the business. That's a that's a step forward on the business. You have to choose of I'm going to invest in a person to grow a market to grow my income as a business. Yeah, it was a little nerve wracking at the time. So we did that. Um, so myself and, and Derek Getchy, who I think we had discussed earlier, took over ownership, part ownership. The co-op. There's two other co-ops that are also involved. So right now that structure, there's four owners, two co-ops and myself and Derek as owners, we took over in 2019. And at that point in time, um, we were doing a lot of the selling. Okay. And we had one other salesperson besides the two of us. 
So we knew there was going to be a, a greater need to add people. And we had known that for a long time because we'd been in territories, especially Randy's territory, wide open area, not a lot of representation with other precision ag, specifically precision ag dealers. There was a case dealer down there. Um, but other than that, not a lot of representation okay. um, in a wide open territory, a lot of really good farms. So we knew there was that need, uh, but still to, uh, to go out and find that person, the right person to just pick up and take off in this business and do what we wanted to do was uh, certainly a little nerve wracking at the time. We reached out to ATI over in Worcester um, because they have a lot of students coming through their precision program. But Randy caught wind that we were looking and called me or text and said, hey, yeah. I hear you guys are looking. You can probably talk better, more on that. I, I don't know if it's so much of finding the right person, but I think we've been, as a company, very fortunate for for us to find the company as far as bringing on new uh, new employees and new salesmen. And, you know, I don't think that happens very often. Usually we have to – companies are out there searching and searching, and, and I feel like Ag Infotech has attracted a lot of good talent to them from farms like myself – and I, I think that comes from the management and the bosses that we have because it seems like every time they talk about a new employee, basically it comes down to, are they going to fit our culture? And, and they're all about culture, and, and are they going to fit in, not necessarily skill-wise or anything like that, but what are their morals? What, what are they trying to do? What's their goal moving forward? Yeah, I love that, you know, looking for the right person and the culture uh, one of the guys on our team actually has has always stated, I'm not hiring for skills. I'm hiring for person, for characteristics, for the – we can teach skills. Skills can be taught. Character is, is kind of built in. You're going to be the best employee when you're put into a position that is best fit for you. Like you're going to perform the best when you're in a position that's going to set you up for success. And I think – Getting people in those positions is what Ag Infotech is really good at. That's awesome. That's a hats off, Matt. <laughs> it's not just me. It's a collective. We're just lucky to have good people. Uh, very, good. very blessed and fortunate that we've had a lot of good people and been able to attract really, really good people. Things have just really fallen into place. And that's a that's an interesting way of looking at it. Is Randy, you said attract the right people, and it's not. Yep. I mean, how much time do you spend job? you know, hunting for people. <laughs> it, it really is, is kind of crazy because I would say we kind of sought out, we, we knew we wanted, that, that was our first, I guess the first hire as new owners was Randy. So that says a lot about you, Randall. Yeah. Um, but we, <laughs> Proud to be the first. We uh, uh, Nicknamed Southern Comfort. Yeah, <laughs> we, for sure. We, uh, you know, aggressively kind of sought that out, but it was, I shouldn't say aggressive. Derek made a phone call to the guy that runs the ATI farm. Derek called him, and Randy just happened to be in the car with him. Pretty much. Yep. And <laughs> overheard the conversation, and, and uh, that's how it all started. Nice. Then from there, once we, once we hired Randy, we were talking about our northeast territory, which is like three hours from our shop. So it was one of those territories that we have worked in for years, going way back, but it was so far away, it was really hard to service that. And the only time we were going up there was when somebody called us. We weren't 
actively seeking new business and probably not taking care of the customers like we felt we should, not giving them the personal attention. Derek was trying to cover that territory in addition to all of Chase's territory and in some cases even going down into Randy's territory. We had two two salesmen. I was more uh, kind of overseeing day-to-day operations, so I was involved in sales, but we were just kind of scattered and running every direction. So anyway, back to the, the point we got Randy, and then we decided we need somebody in that northeast. Derek had a farmer that he talked to. We actually came out here to Precision that, that winter, I believe, talked to that, uh, that farmer. He brought his hired man along. The hired man sat at breakfast with us and got really interested, and within a few short weeks we had hired him as well. And then once we hired the salesman, it was became very apparent we need more service people okay. to start doing some of these installs. And, and so they were doing their job and they, bringing they were, business they were, in. And the business helping. was coming in. Now we need people to actually do the work. <laughs> <laughs> so not that these guys weren't working, but to, to do the, the work in the shop and build the shop like our vision was to build it into an actual uh, producing shop. And so our shop is not like most. <laughs> Explain that. We have an awesome group of shop guys. They've actually become some of my best friends. And what would you say is the average age in our shop? Old. So our, <laughs> our, our shop is known it's as not the ger- old, geriatric it's crew. <laughs> so. It's vastly experienced. That's and, right. and none of them, I mean, Andy, uh, he was, he was at mill, mill rights at Sentara, but then like Pastor Dwayne, he's one of my good buddies. He was retired and looking for something to do, and he was friends with Derek, and he just kind of fell into place. He ended up working full-time. and That's and a funny then, story with, yeah. with Dwayne. Basically, we were going into the winter months, and, and uh, Derek's, Derek was always eager. We just need to keep hiring people. Just keep getting them. He would be pressuring me every day. Just get them coming. And uh, he said, hey, I got this buddy of mine, Dwayne. I was like, yeah, I, I remember Dwayne. He could come down and help us put some of these planners together. And I'm like, it's only January. We got time. I don't. We can't keep bringing on more people. And uh, finally, yeah, bring him down. We'll hire him part time. And Derek made sure to tell Dwayne this is not a physical job at all. It's real, real. real <laughs> so that's always a big joke for them. But he walked in the first day, didn't know anybody, knew nothing about planners, and uh, he's been full time ever since. Nice. Uh, and he's he's really one of our best shop guys he just and he he's he's real eager to learn knows this stuff knows planners they, those guys know more about planners than i think the three of us in this room do <laughs> maybe not randy but which to clarify derek didn't lie it wasn't physical for derek so when he said it wasn't <laughs> a physical job not for him but for Dwayne, it was a different story Derek's not in the room with us today, or, or on the ride home. He's not in the van with you. That's right. We'll make sure he hears this, though. So bringing Chase on, 2019 or so, where you go from seven, you've expanded up. You're almost 18 now. I believe that's right. Somewhere I lose that. count. <laughs> Incrementally adding the next one, what's that decision process? For right now, moving forward? Well, so Chase is a younger gentleman, mm-hmm. and – it's you're not stealing him away from another from another role, another aspect where he has a wide customer base that we, he would be bringing with him. So so Derek, uh, he's kind of going to oversee, and I guess Matt, you can talk more about that, but he's going to be more overseeing the sales as like a manager role. And so I'm kind of I'm from the same area as Derek, okay. so I'm kind of going to be taking over some of those customers. But then once I can get that kind of settled down and understand their operations and get to know them then there's still room to expand even yet. So Okay, so then I'm reading into this. 
it's almost a, a backfill of a position of Derek so that Derek can grow and do more leadership and coaching and develop of the team. And he needs someone who can directly replace his day-to-day activities today. That's exactly, exactly right. Yes. Okay. Yep. Derek and I both have been so involved in that day-to-day going right to the farm, doing the work, doing the tech support, doing the sales. We love doing that stuff. However, we know there's a need to help develop some of the young guys and let them do this. And they're smarter than us, so they'll do way better than we can. So we want to be able to step away, but yet spend the time helping develop, helping grow, help identify new markets, more market penetration within those markets, better vendor relations as we keep adding vendors. That's another thing. I think uh, if I go back, just say five years, we had probably five main vendors that we were working with. Now we have over 20. So, uh, however, the, there's a lot of products that, that those vendors have that we don't even really know about. So those are some things that I think Derek and I can help develop, help bring to the team so that they're not having to spend all that time researching. They can do what they love, which is go to the farm, build those relationships with their farmers. Figure out what the farmer needs. And see what the needs are, and then we can help find in the market. There, there's There's plenty more vendors out there that we can go out and source different products that these farmers are looking for. And, you know, like precision planning, you're bringing a new product to the market every year. And, and we've got to make sure that we're staying on top of that as well, as well as educate the guys on the, uh, the legacy products that have been around for 10 years, because there's still a need for some of that. Chase's prime example has some, some markets where there's some smaller growers that aren't ready to jump right into smart depth and furrow force, no. but they might want to run some of the older products, row flow that, or even, Seed sense, just getting and just getting just getting started. Right. So we have a very very wide range of uh, our customer base. So that market penetration, there's a lot of opportunity for that. So we want to continue to help develop these guys to be able to do that. Nice. So actually, the referral. I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna subject warp a little bit here. The referral of why I reached out to to Matt and brought you guys in today was your regional manager for your area shared with me a success story of how you've taken the current industry and economic environment we have just delays things of that nature and said here's a dealership that has been they've been intentional to try and forward stabilize grow their business safeguard the grower make sure that the grower is taken care of come march and he's like that's a conversation you need to have that was the original reason i got the phone we got the phone call out to you was tell me that story so I, I really think the, the main reason behind that, what Joe really liked that we were trying to do, and this all came from Derek, was knowing that product could or will be in short supply and not knowing what that product is going to be specifically because the message was very clear from our dealer meetings with Precision that, guys, if you need product, you better buy it now. And we don't know what product is going to be in short supply. We already know Gen 3s are out the door. We know there's an issue with SRMs that we've got to go to that new style SRM. What's the next thing that's going to hit you that's going to be in short supply? Well, you guys probably can't even answer that question today. So our goal was, number one, we need to stock up on as much inventory as we possibly can. But there obviously is a limit to that. We don't have an unlimited bank account, right? (laughs) So the idea was, let's go to every farm that we've sold any precision planning to in in, in the history of Ag Infotech and say, guys, what parts do you need that you know you're going to need? And also let's, let's give you spare parts for everything that you've got. Um, so you're pre-building in service quantities for next season at the actual customer. 
That's right. Trying to get them to go ahead and take that product today to help us manage that inventory load. We cannot afford to have that much inventory sitting on our shelves. They can help help take a little bit of that risk. They're probably going to need that product anyway. Go ahead and get it on your shelf today. Secure that so we don't get into situations where in the middle of planting season, all of a sudden, way pins are in short supply, for example, and we can't get them. That makes it very challenging for guys to be down a product or an SRM or a row harness. I mean, you're, these planters today, without those components, you're kind of dead in the water. So we want to make sure that our guys don't suffer through that, and we want to try to get that stuff in their hands. So that was really, I think, why Joe recommended us talk today. So something pretty simple, just getting product in guys' hands. Walk me through one of those conversations, because was this a blanket statement from you to everyone, or you just cut loose Randy and Chase and said, go talk to guys. How did that go? Well, I feel what we really did was, you know, we were able to collectively look at all our customers and, and what they have on their planners and came together on what parts should we recommend to these guys. And, and you know, obviously there's some per row parts and then there's a planner wide part, you know, like a lift switch and stuff like that. Every customer was a little bit different, but, you know, we kind of trickled that down to each individual salesman who know you know, their customer's plan are the best and what they really ought to maybe look into stocking on their shelves. It really turned out to be a really good program, and most farmers are very glad that we brought it to their attention that there may be a shortage coming into 2022. Yeah, when nobody was expecting toilet paper or plywood to run out. Absolutely. And then I would say even one step beyond that, when you're going to uh, build a quote for a guy's planner, add in that extra row, so he gets the rebate on that, but he can still have that entire row, hopper, meter, V-drive, you know, whatever it is, on his shelf, get the little bit of rebate, and then have that for spares whenever, if something would go wrong. That's part of your your proactive program is making sure everybody has, all of your customers have, an additional row of components, right? likely components, ready at their location. Right. Or two. Just go to the service parts on the, on the planner as well. Are you guys helping or assisting with that portion as well? Opening discs, um, parallel arm bolts, things it, of that nature. If it touches the planner, we're we're pretty much trying to handle it with the customer. Okay, That's right. You mentioned Randy going through your customer list and going through the details there that you built that all off of, or was this from Chase, Derek, Matt, Randy's mind and memory and a notebook? Well, Matt, um, I, I believe our system kind of we're able to pick out. Anything SRM-based, for example, that we've sold in the past X Ever. amount of years, um, history, we can, we can print that off and, and customer information, name, number. So we have actually two databases. We have our billing system okay. that we can use for the history. That's, that, that's what we use to pull the names and basically just print it off. Anybody that's ever bought, you know, a, a Delta Force base kit or um, an SRM-based kit, okay. that's kind of how we went after it. So that pretty much touched everybody there. We have another program that's an in-house program that uh, we built. Actually, our previous owner, Tim, uh, built this program, and that's what we really use to track any of our quotes, anything that's ever been approved. That's where we're, um, we're continuing to make changes to that program to try to have everything documented. So it's still a work in progress, but uh, it's pretty helpful. And and who owns that within the within the company? Is so Ag Infotech owns that program. No, uh, there's no one person. Everyone's oh, it's, responsible it's, for bringing that in, or is it? No, that that's right. All the salesmen have. It's yep. it's all tied together. Everybody has access to it. Okay. So, and they're all also responsible for keeping their own notes up to date. That's right. There. 
That, that's where the struggle is. <laughs> well, I mean, everybody's constantly, you know, changing equipment or trading and buying and, and keeping up with that's pretty tough. But I would say a lot of that's in the salesman's head. Yeah. Uh, they, they keep track of that stuff very, very well. They know their customers. They know what they have. So if we had a, a database to where we could get that all documented, that'd be awesome. But real world is, as Randy mentioned, farmers are trading equipment and mm-hmm. pieces get moved around. And uh, this planning tractor went to the tillage piece, and now we added a different planning tractor. So that stuff happens so quickly on a farm, it's hard to keep really, really good notes. But, but these guys know that very, very well. They know their customers well, so they, they know it's all in their head. It, it, it keeps on coming back to, to building that relationship with, with the grower. And, yeah, we try to keep a log on, on you know, planner, make, model, right on into the cab of the tractor with what GPS system they're typically running. It's, it's good to keep those records because, you know, that way we're not pestering the customer anytime we have a little question or have to go out to the farm and, and so on. You know, get a good relationship built with them and, and know what they have and what they're going to need. That's awesome. So... Tell me more about this program, uh, what Joe was referring to, and what you walk me through the, the, the logistics of that process. We, well, we created a list of what we felt, and uh, a lot of times we, we go a little above and beyond. So, and then we talk with the grower and, and obviously want to get their approval and anything else that they can think of that we might miss. And, you know, comes back to, to working together and, and knowing what your needs might be down the road and, and knowing, you know, kind of like stocking filters on your shelf for your tractor uh, no different than that uh, when you whenever you you take it to a guy like what I was saying is here's a list that we came up with and you can alter it however you want if you want more of something or you maybe have never had an issue with this before or whatever they can alter it themselves and then we'll get whatever they want ordered in a lot of cases it was pretty simple because they're small orders we could just once these guys place the order direct ship them the farmers got it in his hands, and the, that part's done. Okay. So pretty seamless process. What about the extra service stuff? Because did you increase your service parts or service inventory levels going into this year? As far as precision planning parts or other parts? or Yes. What, so <laughs> we're, we're still in the process of that. So we, we placed a very large precision order that first week of June okay. when we could take advantage of the everything that's going to qualify for the precision de- decision program. Okay. That's something that by the end of August, we're going to probably take another really good look at and see what we pulled from inventory, what we placed as additional orders and try to make sure that we have on the shelf, you know, come August 31st, our goal is to have enough product on the shelf. That's going to get us through all the fall selling season and all of next winter selling season and all through th- also through next spring, which is a huge challenge right now because in the state of, the, the market where it's in right now, we feel like there's going to be some huge opportunities by the end of the year. Crops look good. Prices are up. Nobody else has anything. You know, a lot of the other big OEM suppliers are saying they don't have product to get. So it's kind of a uh, challenge right now to figure what that number needs to be. By the end of August, though, that's our goal is to try to have a pretty good number of what parts we need to have on the shelf to get us through. And that's a significant shift for you as a dealership where you are, you're moving away from a just-in-time inventory to a lead time, to a, a comfort or a safety measure. That's right. Extremely challenging because not only do we have it with Precision Planning, but Ag Leader and Trimble, two of our other very large vendors, it's, it's a challenge to know, 
to quantify how much of these products that we need to have on our shelf. And the lead times, obviously, are getting longer with a lot of those products for, for everybody. So knowing when to order, how much to order to get us through next, next spring is going to be a, a, a real challenge, but that's what we're focused on for the next several months. Well, I, I kind of want to go back and, and talk about what we were just talking about with, with what we're trying to do with our inventory. I think it's a, I think it's a big, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it shows how much we're really willing to invest into our company to try to better serve the, the growers in our area in this coming growing season. Because it'd be easy just to say, oh, sorry, we don't have it. Yep. And, you know, it's a, it's a tall order for us, and, and we hope people recognize that and appreciate what we're sticking our neck out to do as a company with, with the inventory we're trying to carry. And, and I think it's quite the investment to, to speak of Ag InfoTech in that way. And that matches with the culture that Chase and you have mentioned a couple times now. Of And I've really learned a lot, you know, being the younger guy came in and you kind of want to just try and sell as much as you can. And I would go out to a farm with Derek and he would say, he would just hear the farmer out and the farmer would say, I want to do this. And then it would be more money than an option he would even offer. He'd say, well, why don't you think of it this way? Put money towards better use in his operation rather than just going and and trying to fix something that maybe isn't even more of the issue at that time. So I don't know. I'm babbling at this point. but No, it it ties in with what Randy was saying earlier about building those relationships because, you know, Matt referenced the you guys know those those farm operations well enough that Derek can say, I get what you're after, but I think this would be a better business. This will make more benefit to you. This will solve more problems if we go this direction. And that's where you guys get the opportunity to, like you do, come out to Pontiac with us here at our farm and come into dealer training and learn of these things. So you can bring that back to those customers and help them make the right decision. Absolutely. Yep. That's definitely it. When Precision did a video there at the end of May, we, we started hearing rumors that, that uh, monitors from all these companies are going to be in short supply. You start hearing things from, from Deer, their GPS and their monitors are going to be in short supply. We're hearing that from the vendors, some of the vendors that we're buying product from. that, And we, we were already waiting on product that we had ordered clear back in January, February. So we know this is a, a real issue. And, and what's the trucks. Long, well, yes, you see, you drive down past the Kentucky Speedway and see thousands of Fords sitting still because they don't have chipsets. So um, everybody knows this is coming. We hear rumors that Gen 3s are going to be in short supply. We may not even get them. So what's that mean? Does that mean, okay, precision decision? We're not even going to have that. What, what are we going to do for monitors? Where are we at with the Gen 2? You know, there, all these questions are being raised. So when you watch that video, however... I was just blown away by the dedication for precision planning to come out and say, guys, here's where we're at. We have no idea when Gen 3s are coming back. We're doing everything we can to secure supply, but we don't know when that's going to be. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you a Gen 2. It's still going to cover 80% of the products that we've got. And not only are we going to give you a Gen 2, we're going to lower the price. To me, that was unheard of. What company... Basic economics says when you're in short supply, you raise the price, right? Look at plywood. You just mentioned that a little bit ago. I mean, $25 sheets of plywood are now $90 or whatever. But rather than gouging or raising prices, taking away programs, it was like programs are all going to be exactly the same, yet we're telling you we might be in short supply. Didn't take away the programs. Lower the price of the Gen 2 and then also said, 
for any farmer that commits to the Gen 2 during this season, next year when the Gen 3s come back or whenever that is, we'll give you your full money back. To me, I was just blown away by that dedication to precision planning to come and say, this is what we can do. We're not feeling that from some of the other suppliers in the industry. They're uh, raising prices, taking away programs, uh, some of the uh, summer programs and rebate programs that were available through these other suppliers are now gone and margins are shrinking as a result. To me, that makes sense, though. That's basically basic supply and demand. But that wasn't precision planning's approach, which really excited me. I think that last sentence of that really excited me. I think that's a lot of the emotion behind our side. And I... Full disclosure, I'm not in those conversations. That's not my role there. But I've always had the conversation with dealers going back that we're able to, like you said, put on a new product every year. We're able to do that because we've got a dealer network that is willing to take a risk and learn with us. And that's always put us in the in the mindset or the mental approach of these are our partners. They're out for the same thing we're out is to solve problems for the end user, for the grower, we're going to do that together. And to me, that's, if I'm reading between the lines of the program, it's, it's for you to be able to have that sentence at the end and say, they've got my back. We, we can do this. What you said right there is, is what we've always said together. This is always a team approach with all of our vendors. This is not us against you. This is let's work through these problems together. Precision planning has always done that. I always look at, your, uh, your RMA process, simple, easy. You have a bad part, you replace it, no questions asked. You count on the, the dealer to do the right thing there, and, and we, we always try to. New product, first year, there's always little glitches, little something, there's always updates. Precision always sends out update kits at no charge, and will pay us, and maybe it's a small fee, but they'll still pay us to go out Make that right with a grower. So it's very, very much a team effort. Precision planning provides those tools to make sure that the product is right out on that farm. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a far cry from what they could have done. Uh, you know, like Matt said, some of our vendors, you know, it's a supply and demand, and and throw your hands up, and this is where we're at. Uh, where where like he said, precision decided. You know, this is this is our issue, but we're we're going to move forward in this direction and. Everything Matt said there was spot on. So I'd be remiss if I didn't at least ask, are there ways to improve? What are we doing that we could do better? That's a tall glass. I don't know. Kind of put us on a spot there, but <laughs> give us a few minutes. We'll think of something. <laughs> this There's goes back small to things, but keep doing the same things. Okay. Don't, don't look back. Continue to do what you're doing. Don't lose sight of who you are and what you're doing and why you're doing it. I think the values that Precision Planning as a company and, and most of the individuals that you talk to at Precision share those values. Don't ever get away from that. I know a big, big fear we had. We've been some of the acquisition processes? Through that acquisition process, there was a big fear that when another company takes over Precision Planning, you lose that culture. So far, we have not seen that. Um, so that would be the biggest thing I would say is, don't ever let that go. <laughs> now, that may be a little out of your control, but... Uh, that is a tip of the hat to Justin Kaufman and Justin McMenemy. They, they spearhead the two halves of our company. So, hats off to them. 
something else is just continue what you're doing right here on this farm. Where are we at today on this farm? You know, we're from we're from small towns in, in little Ohio, so we don't get out much. But <laughs> I don't know if there's anything in the world that compares to what you guys have put into the PTI farm right here. And with Webster, you've got the right guy running the show right here. And, and that what we've been coming out here for, I don't know, since it started mm-hmm. and it's grown. And, and I just see a lot of growth in what's happening here. And, and that's how these, that's how you're going to sell these products. And, and because you're figuring out how to place the products, how to set the products, what works, what doesn't. Um, so that's key. You're not just bringing a product to the market because it's a cool new gadget. You're bringing a product to the market because it works. Because you're testing it right here, repeatedly for year after year. It, it's it's neat to see that, that Jason's not only trying precision planting products, but he's trying several different farming practices. You know, from from strip till to different fertilizers and and closing systems and so on. And, you know, it all the the other ideas that he brings to the table that you know different from different regions guys don't try and maybe they'll take that back and and try some of that on their farm but that's what i've always admired is is it's it's not just precision planting here i couldn't agree more i think what he's doing with the irrigation thing is pretty awesome i can really see that becoming mainstream and in agriculture and and it's it's really cool to see the passion behind Jason, how much he believes in that system. I, I don't know how Jason does what he does. He's all over the place. So the and short background on this irrigation note, for anybody who hasn't been here to PTI Farm with us, Jason dug a, I think it's three-acre pond so that he could, A, capture the rainwater that comes through the tiles before it goes away. He can capture it, hold on to it, and then if there's a need later on after that rain event when we get into a drought situation. He can then turn that around and irrigate out of that lake pond. So that actually grew from our neighbors to this PTI farm is Walmart. We wrap around the backside of the Walmart, and uh, I think the first year that we were here, we had a bit of a drought in this location. Some of the other counties around us were okay, but he got hit with a drought and went about four weeks straight with no rain on the site. And every day would have to drive around the farm and drive right by the retention pond that's on the backside of the Walmart and see all that beautiful available water that's just sitting there. And so he ended up working a deal with the Walmart, getting through to someone in Bay, Arkansas, who said, yes, you can use that water. That was our first test phase. And and using the retention pond out of Walmart proved the concept. And then that following winter, uh, he spent the entire winter digging a hole and and getting towel routed to it. And now that both captures rain events, holds on to it, and then we can use that and recycle it. it. It's just pretty neat to see how diverse this farm is. It's not just a place to come test precision planting products. It's complete agronomic systems, testing other companies' products. But he's doing all these trials just to look at all the different agronomic systems that are out there. So it's very diverse on what, what they're able to do here. And so that's another thing, you know, going back to your original question about how do we do what we're doing, continuing to, to do what you're doing right here. You're, you're looking at agriculture as a whole. How do we make farmers' lives better? This is it. Cool. As, as well as here at the PTI, the, the availability to 
like Jason Webster always said, to, to test drive the equipment before you can buy it. And uh, in, in the ag industry, that's that's hard to do nowadays. So to be able to come out here and, and actually run these planters through the field and see how they perform and, and so on is is pretty pretty huge. Yeah, we have six implements set up and squared away to uh, six 40-foot planters, all queued up with different tractors and planter makes and models and configurations to give guys uh, an opportunity to walk the lot, kick the tires, ask the questions, and then test drive and experience what they need. Jason, any parting thoughts? Uh, this is my first trip out here to PTI, and uh, if there's anyone listening that has not been here before, I would totally recommend it. It's it's an experience, and for a farmer, not only to, to see the product in action, but to see years' worth of data and its benefit is is incredible. Randy, any parting thoughts? Um, I just want to thanks for the opportunity to, to be here and to speak on the podcast, and anybody in the central Ohio area, contact your local ag info tech rep. <laughs> Beautiful. Always selling that appointment. <laughs> Company film is Glenn Glary, Glenn Ross, the always be selling. That's right. <laughs> All right. Matt, how about you? Any, any last thoughts? No, I think it's good. These guys said it, said it great. Perfect. Appreciate the opportunity to be here. Well, this I really, fun. I really appreciate you guys taking time out and, and, stepping away from some of your, your valuable time here at PTI with us to be able to have this conversation because I think this is this is the kind of conversation I, I hope maybe that would have been maybe really valuable to you guys in 2004, 2010 as you were growing on that path. And I want to try and recreate that and, and help others. So with that, I want to thank you as a listener for joining us please if you have any comments thoughts more questions or feedback shoot us a note at smarter every season at precisionplanning.com and with that thanks for coming along and getting a little smarter every season 